Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 16 of Swimming Upstream on the heels of one of my favorite days of the year, minor league roster reveal day, Marlins broke camp on Friday, and today released rosters for each of their four minor league affiliates to give our reactions to the player assignments, players who were most excited to see at each level, and then hopefully taking some of your questions. I have with me, of course, my fantastic partner, Daniel DeVivo, straight off the heels of some parental duties. So hope that went well, Daniel. Thanks so much again for being here with me today. Hope the family as well. I know you're just as excited as me today after that lost 2020 season to see these rosters come out. Hey, Alex. As always, man, very happy to be here talking about our, our passions, baseball and prospects, specifically Marlins prospects. Um, yeah, again, as you said, extremely excited. Um, big day today for, for Marlins fans, finally getting minor league baseball back and I'm ready to talk some baseball and prospects with you. Yeah, of course. All right. So we're not going to waste much time because we do have a, a bunch to get to. Uh, to start, Daniel, we're going to get some bad news out of the way first. Uh, along with the rosters, we also learned of some guys who will be starting, most likely starting the season on the uh, injured list at each respective level. And then of two guys who were suspiciously absent from the complex, I believe all camp from what we heard today. So Daniel, first, uh, I'll start. Of the guys that we heard, uh, there's a couple, but from the guys that we heard who will unfortunately be starting their seasons on the IL most likely, I'll give you two that really kind of stuck out for me. And the first name I'll bring up today is Josh Roberson. Uh, we kind of got an inkling of this. Uh, he came to spring training and then didn't really throw in any games. He did a bunch of side work. Um, we know he threw bullpens. I asked Mattingly about it after one such game where he was scheduled and he just said he wasn't comfortable getting him into a game. So now we kind of know why um, he's obviously feeling something had Tommy John in his draft year dinged up at 2020 appears to be hurt again in 2021 and he's 25. So what do you think about Josh? Really, I'm just really excited to see him. Um, I, I project projected and still project him to start at double A. Um, so obviously pretty disappointed that he's not starting with everybody else. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a guy that I kind of group in with our, with our next guy as a guy that, you know, they just haven't been able to stay on the field. They've, they've got good stuff. They've been able to show it a little bit, but the arm just hasn't held up. And the next guy is Remy Reed, um, a guy of similar age. I think he's also either 25 or 26 um, missed extensive time in his three-year minor league career so far, another Tommy John recipient. Uh, he was able to get 14 games in, in 2019 looked pretty good across two levels. We were expecting him to start also at double a, uh, yeah, uh, instead he goes to the aisle to start the year. Um, so the question is, uh, is time running out for these guys? You hate to say that because they both have really good stuff, but uh, if they can't stay on the field, that's what counts, right? Absolutely, man. They were both uh, delayed to start their seasons, and already in 2019, they were um, they were younger than they were very much older than the competition. So of course, um, I'm I'm with you. We need they, we need to see them playing and. Um, ownership and, 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 and baseball operations needs to see them playing so they just need to stay on the field though yeah and then one last guy this guy's much younger of course but one last guy that stuck out to me that will likely be going uh to the aisle to start the year is evan fitterer the marlins 2019 fifth round pick high schooler they gave him of course well above slot value to sign out of high school and take him away from his college commit which usually happens um, we've heard this kid has really smooth mechanics and was already hitting the low 90s when he was drafted. Also heard reports of a really good slider. Our buddy Ian Smith, um, who's a great prospect analyst, uh, really hit on him uh, on a Fish Stripes podcast recently as a guy who he was really excited to see. So yeah, uh, again, a fifth round guy uh, for big, big money, well above slot value. I was really excited to see him probably with the Hammerheads this year. Uh, hopefully we see him back pretty quick. Exactly. Um, and hopefully all these three guys it's nothing very serious. Uh, one month tops, hopefully for all of them. Um, I, I, let's, let's just pray and hope so we can see them together. Um, on my side, I'll give you a hitter, Chris Torres. Mm. He's also a guy who I've been <clears throat> helping to see more and more and, and grow. He has some fun tools and, um, he, it looks like he's also starting in, in the uh, injured list. Uh, I hope to see him at, at high A, probably at Deloitte when he comes back. Again, hopefully something that's a week, two weeks, and he can get his season started. And um, this is obviously, and where I mentioned the, the, the uh, 
bigger guys like Ed Cabrera and George Guzman, who will also start in the IL. Everybody knows about these guys. They're still there pretty much and will be ready, especially Edward. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a solid play. big list of uh, important injured players. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but it does happen every year. Um, and, you know, and then we, ha we have two guys that I did want to mention that you mentioned to me, actually, Daniel, um, that were apparently very much not active at all at minor league spring training camp and two guys who are not on a roster to start the year. It's two arms, Luis Palacios and Michael Leone. Um, the bigger name for me is Palacios, who has uh, put up video game numbers in all three of his seasons with the Marlins in the Dominican and that then in the GCL. Uh, and then Michael Leone, who is another member of our top 100. So where were these guys? Uh, why weren't they at camp? We expected both of them to start with hammerheads. Um, now we don't know where they are. Uh, why were they absent? Um, I don't really want to speculate, but I guess the only explanation would either be COVID or visa issues or a combination of the two. So hopefully we get further word on them uh, from the organization soon. But I was really excited to see Palacios mostly in full season ball. So yeah, um, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that, that's what I heard. They were never uh, in the whole month, all of April. They were never at the complex. We know they they obviously weren't at the um, alternate side either. So where are they? Yeah, it's two big lefty pitchers. Yeah, for the Marlins, uh, Michael Leon he killed it at the DSL level, at Dominican Summer League in 2019. So he was gonna at least start you know, at, at extended spring training. So, yeah, these two guys needed to be in the U.S., and it looks like they aren't. So, yeah, it's got to be Visa or COVID or something, um, but hopefully it's not, nothing too serious. Yeah, now, both of them expected to start in that, in that Hammerheads rotation, so we'll see how they make up for that. I think they have enough depth to draw from to get a rotation uh, put together. Um, you kind of worry about a sixth guy if they are going to go with a six-man rotation, but I guess we'll see. Hopefully we get some clarity on those guys pretty soon. Um, one more thing we want to mention here before we check in with each affiliate is uh, the way that the Marlins season has gone at the big league level, Daniel, I know we wanted to talk about this uh, with injuries. Uh, hopefully that doesn't continue at the frequency that it is right now, but the injury bug does come around and, you know, it kind of has that chain reaction domino effect kind of system wide. Right. And you need to pull from the system to fill holes. Uh, we've seen it a little bit this year already with Jose Devers, Nick Nider, I know that the Marlins wanted to continue to, be to develop uh, Isan Diaz's bat in the minors. He's now at the major league level. Also, they wanted to see more of him potentially at third base to give him some versatility. So just your thoughts here on the current state of the health of the Marlins organization and how that might affect the minors, especially at the upper levels this year. Absolutely. Um, the health and also the, um, the taxi squad, right? That's why you saw that the shrimp put out a roster with like uh, 15 or 20 people, 20 players, where obviously they need to be 26, 28, I believe. And that's because many members, like they, they put out one catcher, right? Navarreto, that's it. That's because um, that's because Santiago Chavez and um, the third catcher, you know, whether it's Wallach or, or Sandy Leon, whenever Alfaro comes back, those guys are with the big league team. So of course, you know, as soon as the taxi squad dissipates, hopefully with more vaccinations, um, they'll, they'll be joining the Jack shrimp. So of course, yeah, the domino effect is real. Devers, probably when Anderson comes back tomorrow or on Tuesday, he's going to go, I assume to double A, but it could also be triple A. Um, Isan Diaz will probably go back down to triple A when, when um, Jazz comes back. Um, Nair and Castano are on the taxi squad right now, I believe. So, yeah, they will probably also be going to AAA unless they want Castano back and then sending Holloway back to AAA. I mean, they, they can do a few different things, but, but of course, you know, as, as the injured players start, start going back to the MLB team, you'll see these um, minor league rosters getting even, even better. Yeah, for sure. So uh, as, as exciting as today was with, with the reveal, I think these rosters are only going to get stronger as the Marlins get healthier. So if you're in one of these cities and are able to go watch these teams, all, all four of them, go watch them because it's going to be worth it wherever you go. You're going to see some really, really, really star-studded rosters wherever you go in the system, uh, wherever you go uh, across this minor league level. So if you're in Beloit, Jupiter, Pensacola, 
uh, or uh, Jacksonville, go watch these Marlins because they, the kids are exciting. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to get to the players that we're excited about at each affiliate. Uh, so we're going to do uh, like two or three each. Uh, we really don't have the time to go through each player. I wish we did, but we don't. Maybe that's for another podcast. Um, I'm going to start at low A. We're not going to mention uh, the guys who are staying at extended spring training again for the sake of time. And maybe we can do that on another show. So we're going to start at single A, low A, uh, which this year is, of course, the Jupiter Hammerheads. The Jupiter Hammerheads coached this year by Jorge Hernandez. Uh, they have nine of mine and Daniel's top 60 prospects playing at this level. I can give you kind of an abridged rotation. Again, we don't know maybe about a sixth guy because of those holdouts of Palacios and Mako Leon, but they look to have a mixture of Daxon Fulton, Matt Given, Chris Machma, Yuri Perez, and Jeremy Lara. So I will let you go first, Daniel, the two or three guys you're most excited to watch on the Hammerheads. Oh, man, I love this one. I mean, I love this team. Yeah, I'm really excited about, about these kids. Um, two or three. I'm going to go with Ari, Yuri Perez first. You know, that's my guy. Come on. Um, he's an 18-year-old, and they gave him a chance to start here. He just turned 18. Everybody else who signed in 2019 internationally, um, they're not – they didn't make this team. Uh, this guy is going to be lights out. I'm so excited to watch him. Um, I'll just leave it there. You guys know how I feel about your affairs. And then one more. Let me choose here really quickly. I'm going to go with Victor Mesa, Mesa Jr. His swing looks just beautiful. You know, what I've seen, it wasn't expected, you know. He was just seen as a, uh, a throw-in for his brother, Victor Victor. And it just hasn't been the case, not at all. Um, sweet, sweet lefty swing. Um, the power is coming. It, it, they, I've heard he's running well. His fielding is also coming along. So it's, it's going to be very good to see him in full season ball um, playing every day. We're really excited about this. Too. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely echo you uh, on Victor Mesa Jr. But the first one I wanted to mention uh, was Matt Given. Um, this is a name that a lot of Marlins fans may not know of uh, because he hasn't pitched a ton in a Marlins uniform. Um, went under Tommy John surgery, um, I think in 2018. Uh, yeah. And, uh, or 2017, excuse me. Uh, the injury was discovered in 2017 and he underwent the surgery in early 2018. I believe if I have that timeline, right. Um, he was back in 2019 in the GCL, um, really, really good 47, about 46, 47 innings there. I'm really looking forward to seeing this guy throw. He's not really overpowering hits just like 92, but he's got two really good breaking pitches, a curveball and a changeup. Um, was throwing all three of those pitches as a high schooler already. So yeah, it's a guy that just, if he can stay on the field, he's going to, I think really be good just because of how, where he was already with his blueprint as a high schooler. I think he takes that to the next level this year with the hammerheads and maybe a guy that the Marlins push a little quickly through the levels because of his age. But yeah, I'm really excited to see given um, Victor Mesa jr. You mentioned it. Um, we see him jump from like 28th or 29th all the way up to 13th per pipeline fantastic instructional league from reports that we got. He was also working out with Miggy. Uh, was kind of, Miggy said he was kind of molding him in the off season. So you'd love to see that. Sounds as though he matured a lot in that time frame, going from this like wide-eyed little 18-year-old kid. And he looks like just so much more mature at the plate per evaluators. Uh, yeah. And despite his limited size, he can grow into power because of his feel for hitting. That's what we hear from every report that we see. And here, haven't seen a lot of him yet. We're going to see him a lot this year. Uh, in Jupiter, and I'm excited to get a feel for where he's at. Um, my last one, just as a throw-in, Daniel, is another name that a lot of um, Marlins fans may not know of just because of his time frame, like given, um, and I hope I'm saying this name right, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is Emmanuel Marinez. I think I have that right. Um, he was Pretty a top international signing uh, in 2017, mm -hmm. 2018, got $1.5 million, so obviously you don't get that kind of money by accident, right? Um, the reports on him, obviously we haven't seen a lot, but the reports state that he really doesn't show a lot uh, on the backfields and in his workouts in terms of like a standout tool, but it's a guy that just shows up in games, right? So I kind of really want to see where he's at physically, especially because he was kind of wiry when we signed him basically as a 17, 18 year old kid. So yeah, the physicality and if he can put more power into balls and start driving balls, which is a little bit of what he lacked coming up uh, per the reports that I have seen. 
Um, this is a guy that checks pretty much every box. So yeah, I'm excited to see him uh, for our uh, Jupiter Hammerheads. Uh, that's going to be a really fun, really young team, but I think that's going to be a really fun team to watch. And then as they get healthier, of course, with the arms that we mentioned as Fitterer and Palacios and Leon, that's going to be a team that's really fun to watch uh, on a long-term basis, be, meaning that, you know, they're not here yet and maybe have a couple years, but that's going to be a star-studded team in terms of uh, developmental prospects. Absolutely. Uh, it really is. Um, really quick with the other names, like just so you keep it in mind, Messi, Nunez, um, Diego Burgos, J.D. Orr, you know, Sean Reynolds, <laughs> who's still in low A. Um, he's a player now, but just he may, keep those he names in your minds. Yeah, that's crazy to think that that Sean Reynolds may be a two-way player, but hey, he has all the power in the world. If he could, if he can get it down on the mound, that'd be interesting, man. Like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I hope that works out. Anyways, one more name, one one more name here, Alex. Just just because I, I don't want to miss it, Cameron Barstad. Yeah, this kid was freaking invited to major league spring training over other catchers who are with the snappers and with the blue wahoos. This kid was invited. So that tells you what ownership thinks about this guy. Um, keep his name in mind as well. Yeah, and in a system that doesn't have a ton of catchers, I think this is a guy that could surprise at a lower level. Um, we have bigger name catchers coming up here with the snappers. Um, but yeah, a, a guy that, that could really show out, um, you know, he was invited to spring training over other guys that are more established. So you got to take that into account when you're looking at where the organization is on certain guys. And I think they're super high on Barstat and for good reason, because he looks pretty solid. Uh, kind of want to see him put it together a bit better offensively, but seems to be a good receiver in my eyes. So we'll see what happens with him. So yeah, watch out behind the plate and he's going to be handling some good pitchers. So I think he could be good. All right, uh, move on. We'll go to uh, single A advanced in Beloit with the Beloit Snappers, uh, who will be coached by former Marlins infielder Mike Jacobs. Eight of our top 60 uh, on this team, Daniel. Um, I think their weakness, as we mentioned, is the middle infield. Um, but once Torres is healthy, it really gets a boost. Um, their rotation looks to be a mixture of Alberto Guerrero, Zach McCambly, Kyle Nicholas, of course, both from that 2020 draft. Brady Puckett, who's coming back from missing time with Tommy John, and Jake Walters. So what's your thoughts here, Daniel? Two or three guys that you're most excited for. It's got to be the outfield. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me with that outfield, man? Um, that's Griffin Conine, Connor Scott, Cameron Meisner. Um, we put out – you put out a projected lineup. Obviously, these guys are top of the order, one, two, three. I mean – what else are you going to do? These guys, these guys are, are just amazing. Um, to pick one of them, Griffin Conine, let's go with him. His power is out of this world, his raw power. Um, he even shows it in games. Uh, problem is his K rate. That's probably why he started at high A instead of double A. They want to see him make those adjustments uh, with, with, lower level competition. And if he does show them, I'd say below 30% probably because he was like at almost 40. Uh, 2019 season, he did hit crazy amount of home runs anyways, playing like half a season. But if he makes those adjustments, he'll be a quick um, promotion to double A without a doubt. And um, Kyle Nicholas is the other guy I'll mention. He, he got drafted obviously after Max Max and Dax, um, but if, if Max has 80-80 fastball slider combination, this guy has a 7-70. Um, he needs to take care of that command, but those two pitches for him are elite, and we know what our development pitching development team does with these pitchers um, putting in, you know, creating that third pitch. So I'm absolutely high on Kyle Nicholas and what he's going to be able to do for our organization. That's him as a fast mover. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you kind of got one of mine uh, with, with Griffin. Um, yeah. You want to see where he is with that swing and miss, which really is, I think one, probably the only glaring hole in his game. He could probably use to clean up a little bit else other than that. Um, but yeah, that swing and miss is really what you want to see. If he closes that gap, this guy's a force man. Um, he's much bigger and stronger than, than dad, but uh, he's got dad's pedigree and you can't argue against that. So um, 
Yeah, if the name Conine is on the back of a Marlins jersey sometime here in the near future, back on the back on the back of a Marlins jersey sometime here in the near future, I'm here for it, man. Because you know, Mr. Marlin, but that was my guy growing up. So yeah, I'm 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 excited to see to see what Griffin does. Um, the next one I had was Will Banfield. Um, what you want to see here, we know about the defense. You want to see the bat. We asked him about it um, early in spring training. Uh, he said that despite no season last year, he really learned a lot from being able to go to the ATS uh, and hit against pro stuff, guys like Sandy and Urania and, and other guys like that. Uh, so yeah, he, he really attributes a lot of his growth to that. Um, from reports that we've heard out of Winter Instructs, he looked very much improved offensively. Um, obviously, this is the top and one of the only established, really established catching prospects in the Marlins organization. Uh, so yeah, didn't get to see him hit or do too much in spring training. He did attend. But again, he got that experience, right, to be around big league guys and see how they prepare. So really excited to see where the bat is with, uh, with Will Banfield. Um, and then my last guy is Nick Reddy, um, another guy with pedigree um, and uh, the son of a former Hammerheads coach, uh, Randy Reddy. Um, Air Force grad, big, strong dude. This guy's massive, uh, 6'3", 239. So yeah, I can't really argue with the size. Um, the weakness here again, like Griffin is the swing and miss, uh, unquestioned power hit 50 homers in his collegiate career, uh, then 10 on top of 30 doubles in 2019 with Batavia. But yeah, that swing and miss 82 strikeouts in 67 games in that Batavia showing. So yeah, just like Griffin, you want to see him clean that up, especially against better pitching big jump for him, skipping past uh, single a low a, uh, and up to single a advance for his first full season. So excited to see what he does over 140 games and where he's at with the swing and miss. Okay, uh, I think that's all we have uh, with Beloit for now. Uh, we'll go to Double A. Um, Double A, the new affiliate again, just like the Snappers, also owned by the fabulous Quinn Studer. Uh, it's coached by Kevin Randall, Smoke, who's sticking around in the organization. Been here for a while. Love to see it. Eleven of the top sixty on this squad. Uh, makeshift rotation that we kind of threw together here. Max Meyer, Jake Eater, Will Stewart, and. Andrews, I think that's Tanner Andrews, and the fifth is kind of up in the air. I mean, it was going to be Jordan Holloway, but they may want him to stick uh, at the uh, at the major league level. So maybe when one of those guys that we mentioned before gets healthy, uh, you see them come up uh, to double A. So yeah, um, three guys here for you, Daniel, on um, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos that you're looking forward to. Um, there's a lot to choose from here. Um, this team is eight. Exactly. <laughs> um, JJ Bladet. I mean, he's um, the guy's a machine. We saw him at a, at a MLB spring training. How polished he is! Um, just comfortable hitting against the MLB pitching. So he's got the power. He's got the the hit tool. He has the arm. Did you see that throw? <laughs> against the Cardinals, I think it was. Yep. Um, now, this kid's going to be amazing. So I'll always be excited to to watch him. Um, Jake Eater, I'd say, is, is my number two guy here. Uh, he was drafted along with Max and and uh, McCambly and Nicholas. So everyone saw Max at a different level, and he probably is. So people did maybe put Max here in double A, project him at double A, and then the other three at, at high A. No, sir. Uh, Jake Eater, we've been hearing about him since last year, how um, baseball operations for, for Miami is extremely um, high on this kid and, and how other teams were asking for him in trade. Uh, I believe the Dodgers were and other teams were and Marlins were like, hell no. Um, so here it is, you know, they, they challenged him immediately, sent him a double A. So definitely excited for him as well. Um, and to give you a third one, let's go with, um, let's go with Burdick, you know. Uh, Burdick, just baby trout. He can do it all. He just humiliated um, single A ball in 2019. Uh, the guy is just massively built like not 610 or anything like that but just he's a freaking rock um he's he's got everything you you would want in a, in a hitter he can run he can hit he can throw he can feel uh he's got the power raw power game power everything so extremely excited about what his what uh verdict can do in double a 
Yeah, I mean, you you kind of got uh, got two of the three that I had down um, here. We'll start, we'll start with that. Uh, I mean, this is a stack team. You can look all over the field and find a guy to talk about, but we're, we're limiting it here. Uh, we can't do the whole team, which we could, but we're limited to get the three guys. So, yeah, I think the guys that you got to talk about include Eater and Burdick and then Max Meyer. But first on, on Jake Eater, um, you know, the reports that we saw on, on Eater coming out of the draft, um, they were good, but they weren't fantastic, right? Um, you know, I, I saw reports out on him that his velo just didn't stick like certain days that he was up and down with his velocity. Like one day he'd be 92 and the next day he'd be up to 96. The next day he'd be down to 89. Uh, and so, yeah. And then you hear about issues with his repeatability and, and, and being able to hit the same spots with his release. Um, that that's kind of a concern, especially for a young pitcher coming right out of a draft, but clearly eater showed something to, uh, to the organization here in, in minor league camp that made them think that he's worthy of this call up to double a, um, that says a lot that they're willing to um, to to put him at the double A level to begin his career. Meyer, of course, is a much more polished pitcher, I believe, than Jake Eater. Um, so not that you expected Meyer to start at double A, but you kind of get it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, he, he must have really shown in in this uh, in in this minor league camp that he he belonged that high. So I'm really excited to see how he does at that level. That's a big big jump coming out of college and going to the upper minors of Major League Baseball. So we'll see how he does. That that's that was definitely a bit of a surprise. Uh, probably the biggest for me on the list of um, guys that we got today. So yeah, we'll see where Eater goes there. Um, Burdick, just just ridiculous. Can't say enough about this guy. Uh, hits a bomb in spring training. Like I know it was later in a game, but still, he comes up to major league spring training, soaks it all in, and he gets a homer. Um, played some good outfield too, from what I saw. So yeah, I mean this guy is going to be a really 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 good player. Um, he's as high as he is on our lists and other lists for reasons. Um, big, strong dude, a little bit stout, but all the muscle in the world. Um, cuts down on his strike zone. The swing is gorgeous. Love this player. I can't say enough about him. Um, that's probably the guy in the organization that I'm most excited to see overall out of anybody. I'd say he's at the top of the list. And then Max Meyer. Um, Max Meyer, what, what I'm really excited to see from him is uh, we know he has a fastball on the slider. I want to see how he's mixing in the changeup, right? Because, Daniel, I know you know we heard reports um, in the spring about how he's now comfortable throwing it in uh, 2-0 counts or 3-0 counts, whatever it was. <laughs> you love to hear that. Look out. You love to hear that. I mean, if, you know, it's a guy that, you know, you didn't see a lot of the changeup from him in college because he didn't need it, but that didn't mean that he doesn't have it. So if he could dust off that pitch and mix that into his arsenal, man, this kid's ridiculous. Uh, if you get to go to Pensacola and you get the pleasure of watching him, Man, enjoy it because he's going to be a stud. All right, so uh, let me uh, let me mention really quickly here yep. the bullpens for yep. the snappers and and then the blue wahoos. I love them. I love both of them. You know, the, the snappers have um, those 2019 guys that were drafted who came like started playing pro and killed it. Uh, Zach King, Simpson, Steele, Brabrand, um, Coin, I believe, and um, and then Mitzel. And then double A, we got Steven, CJ Carter, Colton Hawk, and Maldonado, who looks amazing. I really like this kid. He jumped, he made like a crazy jump to double A. We were talking about him when we were um, ranking our, 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 our top 100. And he looks amazing. He played in the um, Serie del Caribe uh, with Puerto Rico, pitching to freaking Yachty. And killing it as well. So I mean, I love that they challenged this kid, uh, Zach Wolf. Beautiful challenge, um, Gunther, Lindgren. I mean, I really like these two bullpens. Yeah, I mean, it's all those guys from that that 2019 Batavia pitching staff, right? Most, a lot of them, I guess I should say, you got Simpson, Steele, um, you know, Honig, all guys like that from that that 2019 Batavia team. That was a really good pitching staff. So those guys challenged at higher levels. Um, yeah. And then you mix in guys, like you said, like Maldonado. I like Antonio Velez. He's got really good stuff. Guy good Velo. So, yeah, I mean, uh, CJ Carter, uh, that's another guy who I really like in that funky delivery and his really weird breaking stuff, sidearm kid. Fun, fun stuff in these, in these bullpens. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's going to be awesome. I mean, pitching staffs, you can't really argue. And then the bullpen backing it up. And then the position players that we just mentioned, I mean, this single A advanced squad, and then especially this double A squad are going to be some, some teams to watch in minor league baseball and throughout minor league baseball. And I think they're going to really make some noise here. 
So yeah, uh, we'll get to our, our last one, uh, our last organization, I should say. Uh, it's going to be the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, who of course moved to the Triple A level this season, uh, coached by Al Padrique, newcomer. Um, really, really big career in baseball. Um, did work with the Yankees, so of course you kind of understand why he comes over. I think he also did work with other teams such as the A's, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, he's been around baseball for a while, been around uh, player development for a while. So I think he's going to be a welcome site to our organization. We saw him around spring training. Seems like a really cool guy. Um, their rotation was very tough to make shift together just because of what's going on at the major <laughs> league level. Um, I only had four that I was able to really name. I'm sure the, that they'll piece it together with other guys. And then of course, when uh, Edward Cabrera comes back, George Guzman will come back and pitch out of the bullpen. Me most likely out of the bullpen after everything that he went through, he was a starter. I think he's going to be transitioned full-time to bullpen. Um, but yeah, you'll see Cabrera pitching out of this rotation, but the other four that I had are uh, Braxton Garrett, Nick Nider, Dan Castano, and Cody Poteet. Nider and Castano, of course, with the taxi right now, but I think they'll go down and continue to develop or be on call. So, yeah, that's what I got on the um, overview for Jacksonville. Daniel, go ahead with your guys that you're most excited to. Yeah, they'll probably use uh, Madero and Morimando yeah. as well, I would assume. Um, but, yeah, I prefer Guzman and Cabrera. <laughs> so, hopefully, they'll, they come back quickly. Um, my two guys, uh, number one to me, I love this guy since we drafted him, uh, Braxton Garrett. He played last season um, at the major league level. I like the curveball, but we all said it. You know, this guy needs to bring that below up. We, we can't have him 88, 89, because at that point, he's just another Yamamoto. You know, obviously, let's calm down. I didn't mean it, but he – came in spring training and there he was 93 94 this braxton garrett with a 94 mile per hour fastball that he commands with that freaking curveball and changeup look out man i mean this guy's coming for you so of course i'm excited about braxton garrett people are just like i've seen that people just putting him in trades with everybody you know like hey what if we trade braxton garrett or whatever bullpen guy come on man this guy's gonna kill it just, just watch it. I'm offended. <laughs> and uh, my other guy, I'd say, is uh, Joe Dunant. Um, this is a guy who uh, came back into our hearts, right? Hit his way back into our hearts at the Dominican, uh, the Dominican League first, um, and then in, in spring training, he clearly changed something because he is now killing it, and I want to see him do it at Triple A. So I would say those are my two guys that I'm excited to watch. Um, if I'm going to add a third, it's got to be Anthony Bender. Uh, we saw what he did in spring training. I'm assuming he's going to start here. It wasn't, he wasn't um, named, but that's because, again, he's, he's with, with the uh, taxi squad. So, yeah, that fastball slider combination is out of this world. Um, he's probably going to start here and then get the call shortly. Yeah, I mean, I echo two of yours uh, with with Braxton and Dunant, but I just wanted to mention the timeline for Braxton Garrett. Um, let's look at this just really quickly. Um, 2019, um, 20 starts with the Jupiter Hammerheads, uh, which were then the single-A advanced affiliate. One start with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, and then wiped out the minor league season, right? So just when he thinks, you know, he may be starting to kind of figure his stuff out, he did really well with um, the Hammerheads. It looked like he was going to go to double A and finish out the season there. Um, that would have been a really, really big experience for him. And then the season gets wiped out and lo and behold, he has to come in because of the COVID situation and pitch at the big league level for the Miami Marlins. So, you know, you, you don't want to take too much from anything that he's done lately um, because you got to take into account what that does to a guy's psyche, right? He's succeeding in the minors and then all, all of a sudden, you know, the season gets wiped out. And then bam, here, here we are. And you got to come up in a bit, you know, to a team that's, that's competing. And it's not just about only about your development anymore. It's about going out there and trying to win baseball games. Right. So a really big jump for him to come up to the Marlins. Of course, it was in a time of need. Um, it was only 7.2 innings pitched, but you just got to kind of look at that, you know, from the outside and say, Hey, what was this guy thinking? And you know, how, how much, you know, even though we needed him, how much may that hurt a prospect like Braxton Garrett. So goes, comes back this year. Um, we saw him in spring training. He looked pretty good to me. Um, we heard Manley talk about him uh, and he said his biggest thing is getting ahead in counts. 
Um, we saw him do it a lot this year, but at times we saw him kind of fall off from doing so. So that's where you want to see him clean up, right? Is getting ahead in counts, working ahead to hitters and letting those beautiful breaking pitches go to work for him. And he has two really good ones. And I think Manningly even said he's adding another one. So yeah, I mean, this guy is going to be really good. We just need to give him the time to fill out. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's still only, well, what, 23 years old. So we don't need to be trading him right now. We don't even need to be thinking about that right now. We need to be thinking about getting this guy to his ceiling as a three, four, five starter. Uh, yeah, so I, I think Braxton's a good story this year. I think he bounces back from everything that he went through with the COVID situation and the cancel season. And I think he has the stuff and the mindset to succeed at the big league level. So really excited to see Braxton. I guess that's the long version on him. Um, uh, the next guy you mentioned, Daniel, uh, of course, is Joe Dunand, who, like you mentioned before to me, you were kind of out on him and you thought the Marlins were kind of out on him too. And it, it did kind of appear that way. You know, he was kind of just falling and falling down prospect rankings lists, um, wasn't getting you know, like a ton of playing time, I guess. And then he goes, goes up to, um, goes up to the winter leagues, uh, I believe in the Dominican kills it shows, you know, that improved size kills it. Um, and then, you know, comes in the spring training and just goes off. So this is a nice turn of the corner kind of guy when you thought all of a sudden that he maybe you know, just like a lame duck prospect, that's not going to really do anything. Uh, here he is. And he's hitting the ball hard, uh, looks good on defense. He's at third base, which is a position of need for the Marlins. So yeah, I really, really like Joe Dunand. Um, I think that he's a great story and I think he's going to be really good. And then my third guy would be Jesus Sanchez, who's a guy who we didn't really see a lot from because of injury. Um, he was supposed to take part in spring training, was injured pretty much all camp. I don't even think he got into a game at all. Um, so yeah, this is a guy you want to see something from. Obviously the guy we traded for was a centerpiece of a trade pretty much prospect wise. So yeah, you want to see what we have in this Jesus Sanchez, who's a big kid with a good power bat. So we'll see what he does. So yeah, th those are my three in Jacksonville. Good stuff, man. Um, so those are our four rosters to give you a little analysis on our top 60 players. Um, we have nine of them at at the Major League Baseball team, you know, with, with the Marlins. We have 11 at Triple A, 11 at Double A, eight at High A, nine at Low A, eight at Extended Spring Training. So you know that those young kids are coming. And four in the, I, in the IL. So it makes sense. Um, higher levels, since they're closer, we've seen them more. Uh, it makes sense that they're higher. Um, you know, they have the, the, the most amounts of players at the higher levels, but um, this may change without a doubt in the next few months. Yeah, definitely agree uh, for sure. Um, it, it's kind of spread out pretty well, right, in terms of where the talent is. Um, and it's so good to see that there are these top 60 prospects uh, at each level of the system. And that just goes to show the depth of this system, how good they are, how good they're going to be now and in the near future, and then in the distant future. So, yeah, I think they spread out the talent really well across levels. I think guys that are being challenged is definitely a good thing as we talked about. Um, and then, yeah, guys that are just steadily improving. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a great, great season to follow for minor league baseball. Of course, we'll all be here for it, me and Daniel, but before we go, I know we had some Twitter questions that we wanted to get to from our awesome following. Thanks for sending those in guys. Daniel, I think you have them. You were the one that tweeted out asking for questions, uh, which was an awesome idea. We did get some awesome engagement. I wanted to get to a few of them. So go ahead. Sure. All right. Let's, let's start. Uh, we got one here from at Dr. Guava. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Blade and Meyer are starting their seasons at double A. Do you see them making the jump straight from double A to MLB this season? or first going through AAA? That's, that's a really good question. Um, I believe AA and AAA are a bit similar, so there, there's not much need to move from one to the other. Having said that, though, um, the AAA players will be making the move up. You know, the Braxton's, the Niders, the Ed Cabrera's for pitchers, and then the Jesus Sanchez's, the Montes, and maybe even like Brian Miller for outfielders. And those holes obviously need to be plucked. So um, I can see it either way. Um, you would think that the shrimp would want one of those two guys, maybe. Um, they ask, you know, it works like that. There's also some politics involved. Um, I can see it either way, but if, if I were to guess, I'd say um, maybe one of them makes a pit stop at AAA. 
I don't see Max making his debut this season, maybe last month of the year. It could happen. I do see JJ uh, making his debut. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is an awesome question. Um, awesome question. Really good. I think you kind of hit it, my thoughts as well, Daniel. Um, you know, these guys, um, you know, especially Meyer is, is already being pushed, you know, as good as he is and as good as we think he can be. That's a huge jump. Again, like Eater, he's coming straight out of college and he's going straight to the AA level. I think he spends most of his season there. Um, maybe get up to the AAA level at the end of the season. I could see it happening, especially, as Daniel said, with promotions that may need to happen. Um, and then with Blade, um, I mean, this is a guy who I think could get pushed up to AAA fairly quickly. I would say he probably spends at least the first half at AA and then possibly goes up to AAA if he's succeeding. If, he, if he's a AA All-Star, he's going to go up probably after the break. Um, so yeah, um, that's a, um, that's a great question. Um, I do mm-hmm. see Blade potentially making his my, uh, major league debut late in the season, but for Max Meyer, I think he's pretty much more of a mostly double a guy this year, maybe getting cup copy at triple a, but great question. And Kim Ang did also say just as a follow-up note to this, that she has been in situations where she has had to call up certain players in other organizations, of course or has been around that situation. Of course, she's never been in a GM role till now, but she's been in that situation before with a team where she's seen a guy come straight up from double A. So especially with all of the injuries that are happening, hopefully those cease pretty soon. Could we potentially see a guy come up from double A? Maybe not Blade or Maya right away, but maybe somebody comes up from double A. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, 100%. I mean, it's, it's, Definitely a possibility that someone um, goes from double A directly to MLB, um, which is a no, it's going to be these two guys specifically. Um, but yeah, there definitely are several guys there who can make that jump. Um, let's see, like one that comes to mind, but any bullpen guy who, like, I, I can see like a Tyler Stevens making a jump um, if he's doing really well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, let's go to the next question from our friend from Fish Stripes, Real Eli. He's always um, engaging. And um, guys, if you don't follow him, if you don't follow him, come on, at Real Eli. Uh, he gave us two questions. Number one, give me some potential fast risers on the Beloit roster who could be in the big leagues one year from now. Ooh. What do you think, Alex? Do you have anybody in mind? Oh, that's a great question. Of course, leave it to Eli to put us on the spot. Uh, yeah, just, just as a follow up, <laughs> I don't think there's anybody that follows me that doesn't follow Fish Stripes and Eli because he's, he's gracious enough to have us on his shows and his programming, which we really do appreciate. Um, again, Eli, a great guy. But yeah, just to answer his question, from Beloit, a guy that could be a quick riser that we could see next season. I would say the one that, that sticks out is, is Connor Scott. Just because he's played at the single A advanced level before, and I think we probably will see him. He had an awesome spring training and an awesome camp. Um, yeah, so put on some size. I mean, his swing looks like he got some of the loop taken out of it. Looks really, really solid. I really liked what I saw from him being able to go to the backfields and everything. And then what we saw from him in spring training, again, another guy that kind of soaked it in as much as he could. Um, got into a bunch of games late there. Um, saw some good swings as well. So yeah, Connor Scott, just as a guy, because he's played at single A advanced before, he'll probably go to double A this year. And then he's made some stark improvements from where he was in 2019. So that's the one that sticks out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with him. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. I'm, as you all know, I'm really, really big on Connor Scott. Um, I think he's going to start killing it. Uh, moving quickly through our system this season. Um, I gave it, I think I told Eli that he's going to be a top 100 uh, prospect by the time this season is over. So keep that in mind. I would say my guy, I think Hunter's guy definitely has a chance to do it. My guy, I may be cheating here, but um, Kyle Nicholas, if he goes um, bullpen, yeah, it's 100% a possibility. If, if he... If he stays a starter, probably not. He has a lot of guys in front of him. But if he becomes a, a, a bullpen guy, he could be just lights out. Uh, so, so there's a guy who, with that combination that he has, fastball slider, could definitely reach the majors in a year if, if they just decide to go bullpen with him. I'll give you one more guy on this just quickly, Daniel. Um, Brady Puckett. 
this this is an interesting case, right? This guy drafted, uh, I believe, only back in 2017. Um, so yeah, he's been around the organization for a while. Why is he in uh, Beloit? Uh, well, he missed all of 2019 with Tommy John surgery, but this guy is absolutely massive. Let's just get that out of the way first. Six eight two twenty. So I guess only taller than him, maybe Yuri Perez. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. one other guy that I'm not thinking of. But this guy is massive. And then, of course, he's a lot bulkier than Yuri Perez, of course, because he's a lot older, of course. So, yeah, this guy is huge. And I have loved what I have seen from him, not just numbers-wise. Um, got to watch him a bit, I think, right before he went down with that injury uh, and that Tommy John surgery in 2019. I was able to watch him throw a couple pens uh, and in some um, – I believe uh, sim games against other teams. Um, this is a guy who is just solid. He has three pitches. He's huge. He's got the high arm slot planes downhill extremely well. And then his stats in his minor league career. I mean, look at him: 35 games, 2.66 ERA and 176 innings. Uh, you know, 1.21 whip, 133 to 27 strikeouts to walks ratio. So this guy is ridiculous when he's on the field. So if he could stay healthy, I think he could really be a quick riser through the system. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, again, been nice. with the organization for a while. He's 26 years old, going going on 26 years old. So, yeah, um, Brady Puckett as a third one. Uh, the other question from Eli was, which hitting prospects could be switching positions since the last time we saw them in, in minor league games? Um, the easy one here is Jaren Carnacion at, at first base. Uh, he's probably going to get some reps there. It makes total sense. There's a lot of traffic at, in the outfield for, for our minor league system. The other names I'm going to give are Osiris Johnson, yeah. probably at third base. Um, I think that's where he's going to end up. And you add that to the fact that he's in the same level as Nassim Nunez. <laughs> so he's not going to touch shortstop just when, when Nassim gets some rest. Um, Demetrius Sims has played at shortstop his, this whole time as he's transitioning to third base as well, uh, maybe some second base. Um, again, especially if Devers is going to be in double A. And the one that we kind of touched on, Sean Reynolds pitching. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned all of them. Um, I think the easy one, again, is Gerard Encarnacion. We saw him worked out um, at first base. Uh, in spring training, I know that the Marlins do want to get him time there. Um, I think most likely um, in his future with the Marlins is that he's a designated hitter. But the Marlins are, again, this team ever since Jeter came in that preaches versatility. They want guys to be available at different spots. So with Gerard, you kind of see that maybe he's not the best route runner. He does have a really good arm in the outfield, but not the best route runner. Um, we've kind of seen that so far in his minor league career. Um, so yeah, they, they wanted to get him that availability at first base. And of course, first base is a position of need for the Marlins. So I love to see him moving there. Um, really cool. Uh, and then like you mentioned, uh, on Osiris Johnson, um, I also believe that he is going to be uh, a third baseman with everything that the Marlins have uh, in the middle infield with all these shortstop second base prospects, you got to expect a couple guys are going to move over. Um, definitely Osiris Johnson will move over. And then a guy that we didn't talk about tonight, just because he's not on any of these rosters, but will be shortly is Jose Salas, who I also believe will move to third base. So a little bit of bonus there for you guys. Um, not a guy who we have uh, talked about tonight because, again, uh, he's probably going to the GCL. But I think he is also eventually a third baseman. And then, yeah, Sean Reynolds pitching. I mean, man, we know he's got the power. Um, let's see if he can throw the ball. I mean, I, I saw a couple of videos that he put out on, on Instagram. It looks okay. Um, we got to see how it plays in games and not just in a batting cage. But yeah, a cool storyline. Um, a guy that's getting older. Um, he did really, really struggle with um, uh, 2019. So, yeah, um, just uh, an interesting storyline with, with Sean Reynolds. And a nice kid, so hopefully he puts it together. I like it. All right, let's continue here. Uh, the last question I got, at least, well, it's three questions from our friends at, at Beloit Rockers, who have an amazing name for the snappers, the River Rockers. I love them. Follow them at Beloit Rockers. Um, number one, any under the radar prospects in Beloit, <laughs> Beloit's famous here, uh, and Beloit, you see breaking out this year. Okay. I'm going to give you two guys. Um, keep an eye on Thomas Jones. He's a very, very fun prospect, uh, outfielder. He has pop, he has speed. He can defend very well at center field. 
he has been getting better little by little every single season um, that he has played. So I was really high on him for the 2020 season. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. So I would say this season he can go either way, but he's whichever way he is dynamic. You know, he any guy who has power and speed, um, you're gonna want to follow. So Thomas Jones, keep him in mind. And then my other guy um, is, is is the catch number two here, uh, Dustin Skelton. Ah, you stole my. Well, this guy is defense first. Um, he also tore up the SEC in his last season in 2019. Um, so I am excited. He was drafted in 2019 after 80, 90, and 80, 890 OPS and 10 home runs in the SEC. He only played a few games the year he was drafted um, with, with the Marlins. So I'm ready to see him, man. I'm ready to see him during a full season. I would say those are my two under, under the radar prospects for you. Well, you definitely stole mine with uh, <laughs> with uh, uh, Dustin Skelton because he's got a, a really good college career. Um, and, yeah, again, he's defense first. But uh, if he could put it together with the bat a little bit, he's going to be really good. And just a guy that maybe you don't think about because of Will Banfield, right? But, yeah, I think he's definitely the second catcher there. And, man, I think he could be good if he puts it together. Um, I guess I have to fall back to the guy that I just mentioned um, with Brady Puckett. I mean, for every reason that I just mentioned, um, this was a guy who was ridiculously good from everything that I saw uh, when he was throwing last. Um, obviously, we have to see how he comes back from Tommy John surgery, but he's had two full seasons now to come back from that. So he's had plenty of time to get over that injury. Um, and yeah, again, it's a huge guy, a huge presence on the mound. He's got three or four pitches. And yeah, man, he, he's got a great mix. Um, you know, velocity is pretty good on him. I think I saw him for reports that he was up as high as 94, if I'm not mistaken, for the report that I saw. And then he has nice. those, those breaking pitches that are just really, really, really solid, especially his curveball. This is in a slider too. So yeah, this guy I really like. I loved him. I hated to hear that he went down with injury. Um, really nice family too. Seems like he comes from a great background. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how long he'll be in Beloit for, just to answer this question, just because I think if he comes out and proves that he can stay healthy, that he'll get pushed pretty quickly up to double A. Mm -hmm. But um, in terms of a guy that you could see when you go out uh, over to Pullman Field or ABC Supply Stadium here uh, early in this season, and you could look at a guy and say, like, wow, I haven't heard of Brady Puckett before, and he's really good. I think it's a guy that you're going to look at and recognize. Now him. you have. <laughs> now you have her. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, the other guy, really quickly, uh, Alberto Guerrero. Uh, he killed yeah. it in Clinton. He did very well. Just consistent. He's a consistent pitcher. He doesn't have amazing stuff, but he's a guy who you can count on to go every fifth or sixth day and just give up, you know, put up a good, a good fight. Yeah, I guess just to throw one more in, I guess we can throw in one more really quick. Case uh, on Sherrod. Um, this guy, I think we may see him injured, if I'm not mistaken, per the injury yeah. list. Yeah, back. he was in the injury list. Yeah, was. but if he's able to come back, uh, it's a solid bullpen arm. He's uh, put up good numbers. Uh, he played in the GCL in 2018, and then in 2019, actually played for three different levels. So it's a guy that, that they want to see pushed a little bit. He's 24 years old, uh, missing some time with injury here now. Pretty good size to him. He's 6'4", 215, so pretty athletic build. Um, yeah, so ju just a solid righty arm out of the bullpen. Um, I think he could be either a mid middle or late relief piece in terms of being a setup guy or maybe a closer if he reaches his full ceiling. Kind of question that, you know, based on the fact that he's hurt. Um, I know he's had a couple of other injury issues coming up. So, but yeah, um, out of the bullpen, if it, once he gets healthy, you could see Case and Sherrod. He's got really good stuff. So I like him. Great. All right, question number two from our from our friends River Rockers. Um, which guys in Jupiter most likely to be promoted to Beloit before the end of the season? Um, all I'm going to say here is be excited, man. Whether it's this year or, or, or next year, you're going to see a lot, a lot of talent moving through Beloit, coming from Jupiter, uh, coming from the Hammerheads, and coming from um, – the, the, the players who stayed at extended spring training. I mean, be excited. But for this year, since you are asking, my top candidates are um, to, to come up, Chris Machma, Victor Mesa Jr., and Nassim Nunez. I think those three are, are some names you can, you can monitor that will probably be coming up um, this season. Yeah, I think that's, that's 
you pretty much hit it right. Um, Makma, definitely, I could see coming up and contributing. Um, Nassim Nunez, um, this is a guy who, of course, the Marlins are extremely high on um, as, you know, just an awesome, awesome prospect. Everything about him, you love to see. I mean, it's just a solid middle infield prospect with that quick twitchy bat. Um, yeah, and he was a big signing for the Marlins. So I think if he puts it together pretty well there, um, you know, in Jupiter, that he could be a promotee. I don't know about right away because this is still a very young guy, right? I don't know about right away. Um, I think maybe middle of the season, you could see that again, it's a guy they may want to protect a little bit because of his prospect pedigree. Um, so yeah, I could see um, Nassim uh, Nunez coming up to contribute. Uh, and then Victor Mesa Jr. I mean, if this guy is as good as evaluators are saying that he is, I mean, even though he's still just as young as he is, this is a guy who is definitely, definitely going to make some noise if he is as good as evaluators are saying that he is and he was in winter instructs. And then, like I said before, you can't really argue with that um, that uh, fact that he was trained and molded this year uh, by Miguel Rojas. So, yeah, those three, I would say, are, are great uh, great picks uh, to come up. And Maybe J.D. Orr. Yeah. J.D. Orr would, would be my only other guy. He's, he's yeah. just so much older for that for that level. But I, I would say he's another one. Yeah. He'd be able to see really, really fast, dude. Good, uh, good uh, hit tool. Yeah, and another guy who I think we saw was on the Andrew list as well uh, to start the year. So, um, yeah, uh, he's an older guy, like you said, Daniel. Um, but, yeah, once he gets it going, uh, a fast kid, really fast kid. Came up uh, from the same college as Peyton Burdick, by the way. So um, he, he yeah. knows him very well. So, yeah, could see or come up to. All right, last question from Rockers. Why did Marlins ultimately choose Pensacola over Beloit for Meyer and Burdick? Um, I'd say the reason here is pretty – it's, it's pretty simple. You know, they, they, they just feel they're ready for that level of competition. If, if you feel a player is ready, especially a top player, you, you just need to challenge them. We already saw how Burdick just tore, tore through low A two years ago. It makes sense that they let him skip a level. I mean, it was just so above competition there that yeah, two years passed. It makes sense. With Max, though, um, I would have absolutely understood if they would have given him just one or two months at Beloit to get his bearings as a pro. What do you think, Alex? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a great question because you don't want to hold guys back, but you don't want to push them too far too fast. Um, Meyer, I would have maybe said could have started in Beloit and then made it up to double A. But again, just like we just got off of with Victor Mesa Jr., if there's no, if you don't see a reason to hold him back, don't hold him back. I think in terms of the one that would be a surprise for me um, would have been uh, Jake Eater, which I mentioned before, just because of the reports that I've read on him coming out of the draft. Um, and we mentioned it before when we were talking about that team. Um, yeah, I, I guess he must have shown his ability to clean up whatever you know issues that he had with his repeatability and earned that level. So um, yeah, again, if, if you don't see a reason to hold a guy back, you're not going to hold a guy back. So again, that's a huge jump, especially for Max Meyer, having never pitched a game in minor league baseball, especially a big jump. I thought for Jake Eater in the same boat, but not quite the prospect that uh, Max Meyer is not far away, but not, not quite the prospect. And then with Burdick, I, I, I was pretty much expecting him to start where he is. Um, you know, it just based off everything that we've seen from him, what he was able to do in 2019, what he showed in spring training, and then he most likely continued it there on the backfield in Jupiter. So yeah, that one was less of a surprise to me. Burdick, um, Meyer was somewhat of a surprise and then Eater was the real surprise. But again, this is a development team that knows what they're doing. They're not going to push a guy too far unless they think mm -hmm. he belongs there, especially with pitchers. So these guys are where they belong and we'll see how they do. All right, that's it. All right, so there you go, guys. Uh, that is our, um, I guess, roster reaction talk podcast on episode 16 of Swimming Upstream. We thank you guys again for sending in all those great questions. Uh, we hope we were able to shed some light for everybody uh, in uh, uh, Palm Beach County here down here in South Florida, in Pensacola, up in Beloit, and uh, of course, uh, to our friends in Jacksonville. Uh, we are very, very excited to get this minor league season started on May 4th. I will personally be in Port St. Lucie to take in the Jupiter Hammerheads and St. Lucie Mets game. Looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, we plan to do much, much more prospect coverage, many more live streams that we did back uh, earlier uh, in spring training and when the season was getting going. 
plan to do more of those. So yeah, and plan for some, some uh, hopefully player interviews and staff interviews coming up here on Swimming Upstream and of course on the website and on social media. So please stick around, fish on the farm all year long. We appreciate everybody's support. Again, thank you so much for the interaction in this episode. And we hope to see you guys next time on Swimming Upstream. Thank you.